0: Hello and welcome to Tea Room Talks, the podcast breaking the stigma. I hope you're well and thank you once again for joining me for this episode. Interestingly enough, uh, today's episode we're actually going to be talking on the subject of stigma. I'm joined with John, whose chat we'll hear in just a moment, as we talk about his experience of uh, working in tough environments. Environments where he felt that they were mainly macho man industries with bad views towards the culture of uh, mental health and being so open about it. As well as talking about this, we'll discuss his past of dealing with the effects of PTSD and the lack of support he was faced with, and why the traditional route of therapy didn't work out for him. Let's listen to the chat that I had with him. So I'm joined here by John Sewell, Strategic Project Manager. John, thank you for being here.
1: It's great to be here, Toby.
0: Regarding mental health, have you had any problems in the past? Have you had any um, struggles? Do you know of anyone who's had any struggles?
1: I suppose the answer, first of all, is yes to to all of those questions. You know, I've I've had struggles myself on and off over the years, and I've worked with plenty of people who have um, as well. So for the last kind of 15 years minimum, I've worked in what you would call... Low-key macho, traditionally stereotypical male industries, uh, ranging from the armed forces through to uh, a brief brief period in construction myself, um, through to kind of 10, 12, 12 years in fact in the prison service. You know, during that time in particular, I've seen a, a huge amount of really nasty shit. If I'm honest, um, I've been assaulted quite badly myself. I ended up with PTSD from that, and absolutely zero support from from my employer so it, it takes you down quite a dark into a dark place if i'm honest it it was quite difficult to get out of toby so yeah it's it's not a nice place to be and the lack of support for men in particular who are struggling is just criminally criminally low
0: yeah i think you raise a good point there because in this bracket obviously being a man i've noticed the lack of support and certainly i would say i haven't felt the effects as to what you have so I would imagine with the subjects you've just discussed um, not having any support but also facing that initial problem of being an adult man who has you know finances behind you who would be able to afford private healthcare, it is almost cast to the side in regards to employers responsibility to try and aid you despite obviously having your own financial backing it shouldn't be something that you need to foot yourself how do you feel about that.
1: yeah I completely agree you know and I'm, I'm not gonna lie my my employer back at the time the prison service did have support that was available but the real issue one was being able to to get my boss to to b- even bother to do the paperwork to access it and two the the, the feeling and the sense throughout the organization that you're weak they're a bit of a pussy actually if you do that what you need to do is just laugh it off have a joke about it a bit of dark humor a bit of banter you know, have a couple of beers and then just, just, you know, to use that horrible phrase, man up and crack on.
0: <laughs> Again, with that, because certainly that's something I can relate in regards to construction. I've certainly felt that when I was an apprentice, um, having multiple personal jokes, at I mean, I you know, uh, that's absolutely fine. I've had personal jokes now, today. You know, it, it really doesn't make a difference. However, if you don't know someone or if you made it perfectly clear like I used to that I'm actually not okay with what you've just said, it's not fair to obviously continue on those subjects. And like you say, I was met with a lot of, oh, it's a joke or oh, I think you're, you're being a bit of a woman or I think you're being a fucking idiot is a, a common phrase. Yeah. And I think that leads us to the phrase... That is stigma, you know, and and certainly for mental health, the stigma is real and it is rife. Um, And I, I mean, my question is, have you felt the stigma effect and have you seen its effect on others? But it's quite obviously yes. But to what degree do you think that when you've suffered with stigma from you know, the opinions of when you've come out and said the problems you've had, what, what would you say the reception was for yourself and possibly others you you knew of, or you might have colleagues that obviously suffered? What would you say that the, the general consensus of colleagues, or like you say, your boss, what, what, what was that opinion?
1: So I, I think it's important. I do feel that that we have moved on. In the last few years, I think that stigma has started to lift slightly. It's still there and it's still huge. And let's not beat about the bush. The biggest killer for men under 50 in this country is suicide. So there's obviously still a lot of fucking work to do there. Mm. But yeah, I think the stigma is there. I don't think the stigma is around mental health. I think the stigma is around men struggling with their mental health. I think there are loads of support services out there for... For, for everyone, to be honest, there's there's counselling, there there's 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 all sorts of groups, but I think the, the stigma, a lot of it, is internalised from us as blokes.
0: Yeah, I think that's very interesting because a lot of men can derive from that feeling of being embarrassed or being weak or feeling inadequate, and and like you say, the phrase of being a man is purely a human aspect it's is what we are it's in our DNA a man and it's a gender you know it doesn't actually constitute an emotion but it's funny how over the years the phrase being a man what, what does that mean I'm meant to be tough but like that is what I find so interesting because being a man it's interesting how that is now a phrase that is associated with being tough and and I think that's ridiculous that it is the way that it's perceived now you know.
1: yeah absolutely and i think what what guys need to accept is the fact that you can be tough and still have emotions and still talk about them you know we all we all have them of, of course we do every, every single human being i would like to think has has emotions at, at, at some level mm. but what we need to do is, is actually feel comfortable to to talk about them and, and the, those negative emotions be able to share them and I know certainly from from a lot of my mates, a lot of guys I've worked with over the years, we wouldn't, we just wouldn't feel comfortable. It's hardwired into us from from a young age. You know, big boys don't cry. You know, you you got to, you got to man up and be tough. You're the man of the house. All all this kind of thing. And I hate to use the phrase, but it it, it is toxic in your mind to think actually, you know to feel that you if you're struggling and actually you're you're on the verge of doing something drastic and thinking I'd rather do that than actually just go and talk to someone because I'd feel that humiliated that emasculated about it is just absolutely tragic.
0: Yeah, I think humiliated is a really good point that you've said because that is certainly something that I would say I felt personally and being in construction as well, it wasn't something I was ever going to tell people around me that I was dealing with no. initially. And I think that's what's so interesting, as you've said, the old-fashioned words and the old-fashioned phrases really that come up about this. And I think that leads us to the next question, which is these old-fashioned views in various industries, much like your own, how do you think they, they should change? And, and what do you think the key is to try and make these views change
1: it's, that's a that's a really tough question. I don't I don't think there, there, there's a simple solution to any of it, Toby. I think things are better w- the the way people speak to children now. I, I'm a parent myself. I've, I've I've got a young son, and I would never dream of saying to him anything about you know don't cry, you know big boys don't cry. Any of that, you know. I would I will actively encourage him to to talk about his feelings, and, and if he if he's feeling sad or feeling down. To, to come and tell someone, so I think from from the the generation that are kind of coming up through school now, there, there's a different outlook, but there's a whole a whole heap of blokes that are that are older than that, ranging from kids that are probably teenagers now, right right the way through to 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 elderly men who weren't raised in that environment, and I think that there there have been some good campaigns, you know there was the it's okay to talk campaign which went viral. On social media a couple of years ago that was driven by by a charity called Andy's man club and, and that got a lot of people talking. There are various other groups but I think I think people just need to accept the fact that you know blokes can talk and, and it, it does help and I'll, I'll give you an example uh, toby I, I did finally do counseling with work a long long time ago, and what would have really helped me would to be able to speak to another man. Who just spoke to me as a bloke and and you know had a kind of sense of what I w- what I was going through and no disrespect to the counsellor at all it wasn't a conversation it I felt like I was being judged and assessed yeah the whole time yeah you're not so, a test yeah exactly that so I, I didn't open up at all and I was probably out of there in about six minutes and she said I was fine I've been hiding it long enough to be able to convince people that I was absolutely fine
0: I can relate to that because. Near when I searched for help, I actually thought of myself as an extremely good actor because I'd perfected my role, which was putting on the brave face and still being the Joker and everything was absolutely fine. But in reality, it was all a persona that I have created to make sure that I just get through the day. Mm. And and going back to what you said in regards to your counsellor, it's a very difficult subject to talk about and not everyone is quite forthcoming so even myself getting help I didn't want to admit it was as bad as it was naturally I was going to put up a wall and you know I have these thoughts I have these feelings but it wasn't oh it, oh no it's certainly not every day oh no it's, oh, I don't get it it's going to happen and like you say to be assessed in black and white isn't as simple really and and many of these subjects and problems that people deal with aren't always superficial it isn't always the thing that you're dealing with right at that moment sometimes it is something that needs two or three sessions to talk about before we actually get to a root problem that could be from work it could be from bad experiences but it's quite interesting that it's quite superficial sometimes and it can be what's bothering you right at the moment but it's not always the root cause
1: absolutely that and you know i, I completely agree with, with all of that and you know no disrespect to to any professional who, who works you know in that field but just getting you know a clipboard with a with a load of questions and kind of triaging it it wasn't helpful for me in the slightest and one of the questions that, that just sticks out for me was is it affecting your sex life no of course it's not and that's the instant reaction even if it was I'm not going to fucking admit to that, no. to a complete stranger no. that I've never met, not a chance. How about try building a bit of a relationship first? <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs> Straight come, into co- it.
1: Exactly, straight into it. And I get where they're coming from, but that's going to just put those walls up straight away. And you said about becoming a, a very good actor, and I think we all, to a certain degree, do it. And if I were to ask you a question now and say, how you doing, mate? I'd almost guarantee your answer is going to be, yeah, not too bad, you.
0: Yeah. Certainly, And
1: actually, you don't really need to be that good an actor because people take that at face value. And you know what? I, I was having a bit of a rough time a few months ago. Just work was getting to me. I, was, I wasn't I was sleeping great. Uh, and a, a good friend of mine actually said those words to me. He said, how are you doing? I've not spoken to you in a while. I said, oh, I'm fine. And I, I had to stop and say, hang on a minute. No, I don't know why I said that because I'm not. And, and, and we had a chat. And you know what? I felt I felt much better after it. But my instinct, even to someone who I was really close with, was just to brush it off and say, nah, no, I'm fine, mate." So even even to people who've, I like to think I've accepted that. You know, it, it's good to talk, and you know, I, I'm doing my best to help others have a, a forum to be able to do that. To still recognise that it's still an ongoing battle. Yeah. Even now.
0: It starts with the individual, and it's obviously key for them to start their own culture and not feed into the old-fashioned culture you know I always thought as an apprentice maybe I wouldn't say I'm part of the problem but I certainly added to the problem there's me 17 years old learning the phrases of just get on with it like you say I'm fine mate nothing wrong with me and okay then a year passes and a new apprentice comes and I am one of the old guys. I am, you're right mate, yeah, I, I, you know, so-and-so shouted me today. Where it's, you know, it's part of being an apprentice, isn't exactly, it? Exactly, you know? we've just got to get on with it, haven't we mate? Well, no we haven't and and I kind of found myself thinking, I haven't added in a negative way but I've added in a not changing way yeah. to this culture. And Completely,
1: and I think Toby, you've just mentioned the key word there and that is culture. Yeah. So even uh, you know companies I've worked for have you know support services in place. They've got an employee assistance program, they've got counseling service you can access. But let's face it, the majority of them are doing it so you can't sue them afterwards because they can say we provided support. How many of them are actually actively doing something to encourage people to use them, to have that to develop that culture where it is okay to to reach out for help. And hopefully that people can do that before they actually need to access those more extreme services. Yeah. Because they've nipped it in the bud early on because they've had a a chat with someone and got it off their chest. And I think that's... If I had to put one thing that society needs to change, I would say it's the culture around being able to talk.
0: Yes, certainly. And I think... Is well, when you say about the responsibility of that, you find yourself a representative of your company and, like you say, to new employees and to the colleagues around you to try and change that culture. And I think everyone should adopt that as a standard practice to try and stamp out where they can in a progressive manner and not just sort of coming down with brutality and brute force because obviously Blame. that can be met with a brick wall as well. It's down to all of us, really, to increase that progression amongst the stigma that it is in in various industries and obviously the industry you spoke about with um, the prison service it can't be an easy one where like you say in the past you've been told to perhaps do a task you wouldn't want to or um, your emotions are at play but you can't really focus on that because like you say you might be dealing with very stressful situation how would you say that you found those situations where you were in danger or you were you know as mentioned in, a, in an unexpected situation where your emotions couldn't really be thought about however you dealt with the after effects obviously you've mentioned ptsd but would you care to expand into that of, of what that is and and how it affected you
1: yeah absolutely so in terms of dealing with difficult situations with violent incidents or, or some some really dangerous circumstances my experience of it was when you're in the moment you don't stop and think. You know your training kicks in. You go into autopilot. You do what needs to be done. I, I can never, hands hand on heart, I never felt afraid while I was dealing with an incident. I think adrenaline is an incredibly powerful thing, and you know it, it's evolved in us to be able to, to get us through some really really tough circumstances. It's and as exactly as you alluded to, it's the aftermath. It's once the adrenaline's died down. And the incident is dealt with. Yeah, you're going to have a laugh and a joke with your colleagues normally afterwards. And that does help to a certain degree, just to, to blow off a bit of the tension. You know, you might go to the gym or something and work out the adrenaline. But for me, it was often then on the drive home. You're by yourself, you're in the car, and all of a sudden it just hits you. Yeah. And it can, it can really hit you about, you know, actually that that was really risky actually you know what thinking about it that could have gone really badly wrong Uh, and you know thinking about uh, and i think that's where my mind went to quite a lot was was the what ifs you know what what if that had gone wrong and i'd have got really hurt and that there was a situation back in 2013 so you know it's nearly a decade ago and i can still remember it as if it happened this morning um I, i was really really quite badly assaulted By by a prisoner who was high on drugs. And I ended up being hospitalised. And it wasn't until days after. That it suddenly dawned on me. That you know. I could have been killed there. Quite easily. I was by myself. I was being attacked by someone. There were about 50 other people there. Who were cheering him on. And yeah. Okay my colleagues came to support me. But there was quite a long period of time. Where I was taking a pasting by myself. And you know. It, it was awful and then it had to go through the courts and I had to relive it all again um, he ended up getting fuck all in terms of, of of a sentence or punishment for it which was just a kick in the teeth you know it made me think why did I even bother dealing with that in the first place yep and then I remember vividly the first time I watched back the CCTV of it and it wasn't until afterwards and someone said are you okay I realised I was actually shaking and I never thought I was honestly I didn't I thought I'd be fine because i had been laughing about it for for so long but instantly reliving it was absolutely horrendous and saying about you know the way way something like pt ptsd affects you I think it affects everyone differently but certainly for me I never um, and for a long time you know I hated being in a crowded place because you couldn't see who was coming up behind you. And this wasn't just from this incident. This is from a long career in the prison service. People coming up from behind you is never a good thing. So you go into a pub or a restaurant. I want to sit in the corner. And I want to sit in the corner so I've got walls behind me. And I can see who's coming in and out.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, and that for a long time... And some people might say that's just, a, that's just a, a good instinct, a good survival skill to have, and maybe so. And certainly in that environment, you need to you need to have those kind of awarenesses. But when it bleeds into your normal life, when you've just gone out of dinner with your family and you want to make sure you're sat in the corner, yeah. not to be unsociable, not to be, not to be anything like that at all, but just so you can make sure no one can sneak up behind you and attack you. And that, that's when you realise, actually, there's something more going on there than just good skills at work. And this is starting to really affect my day-to-day life.
0: With that scenario, thank you for sharing that. It's an incredibly tough situation, um, to say the least. And what really struck me there was mental trauma is a difficult thing to deal with. Now, if this was a, a cut or a broken arm, you would see that superficially and you'd know that you've had the instant physical trauma and you have the months of recuperation. However, with it being mental trauma, it's very easy for colleagues, um, people around you, even yourself, to brush it off because you're no longer in that situation. You're no longer under threat. But you're actually, much like a physical wound, you are dealing with the healing process or you know, potentially the, the growth of a problem.
1: Completely and utterly.
0: So I think that's what's very interesting into the psyche of the human mind because, as you said, many people deal with PTSD differently and it comes out in various forms. All of these topics are illnesses and they are trauma. Mm. It should be treated as such and that's what's very interesting because even your own perception, because you're in that moment of shock and adrenaline you can't see your own personal reaction to the event until you are physically shown it, whereas obviously yeah. you relive it and the mind um, shades over certain aspects and, and it sort of makes it easier for you to relive. However, actual effect is, yeah, incredible, I'm, I'm sure. So, yeah, I think that's fantastic, really, to, to see the effect of that and discuss... You know, that process that, that came after that. And, and like you say, the effect of what it had on you in regards to your personal life. Because much like anything, you you take your work home with you there in that scenario. And I think you can't help but make it affect you, really. And I think you'd agree with that.
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, I, I've, I've had lots of experiences in my life. And there are a handful that I could remember in great detail and that particular incident I just spoke about I can remember in vivid detail I could tell you and this is nearly 10 years ago I could tell you what people were wearing I can tell you what the weather was like that day I can tell you the time of day I can I could describe it for you as if I've you know I've I've got a picture of it in front of me because even this long and after it it's seared into my mind of course of a 12 year career there's there's been a few of those um, and, you know, there's only there's only so much space there in your brain that I can think of that, you know, it, it's <laughs> do I really want it there now? No, not particularly. But I, I don't know if it will ever if it will ever go. And, and that I think that just shows what what kind of impact trauma has that long. And yeah, I had bruises quite a lot of them afterwards. They were gone within six weeks. And here I am 10 years later still talking about the after effects. And I think that the funny thing for me, and it's not funny at all, it's the wrong word, the tragic thing for me, was when I think about the contact I had with my colleagues afterwards. I was inundated with messages, you know, text messages, my phone was going mad for the next two days. But it was mainly people saying, well done mate, you put up a really good fight there, good to see you got a couple of licks in, you know, you held your own, well done. No one was saying, let me know if you want to talk.
0: Are you, you know, all right? How did you find it? And yeah. how do you feel? How are your emotions? Like you say, no exactly. one exactly. And these are,
1: pe- these are people, some of them have been doing this job for 30 years. They're, they've experienced similar themselves. And they're not even thinking to say, actually, you know, I've been through something like that. I know how you feel. Let's help. You know, if you, w- when you're ready, let's talk about it. It just wasn't even part of the conversation. And I think that's the most tragic thing. And it goes back to what we were saying earlier about the thing that needs to shift across the piece is culture.
0: Yeah, you know, going back to that story, it's unreal to think, and colleagues that I'm sure you got on really well with, just didn't have that initial reaction, because of the industry you came from, and it was a a macho man, and a tough industry, that it wasn't about how you felt, it was like, we, you managed to get a few punches in, and finally we managed to stick some of the prisoners, and it's, it's not actually, like you say, it's not about that, and when you look at the grand scheme of things, you work in an industry, yes, it's the prison service, but... He worked in an industry that should be, you're there to help and assist in the rehabilitation or the containment of prisoners. Absolutely that, yeah. You're not there to have a personal opinion in regards to fighting these prisoners, or obviously no. take that into you having a fight with prisoners. But it shows you that way of culture where, not the fun, but it's almost like, oh, okay, you get a scrap, oh, well, that's... At the job, some would say, but you know, it's very yeah. interesting to say that, you know.
1: Indeed, it is.
0: Yeah, again, thank you very much for that story, and it's absolutely fantastic that you've been willing to share that. You've mentioned Andy's Man Club, definitely. I think myself and for anyone listening, would like to know more about what that is and what they offer.
1: Oh, absolutely. Fantastic. And thanks for the opportunity to talk about it, Toby. Yeah, so Andy's Man Club is a national charity. They're talking groups, essentially. There are 112 now Andy's Man Club clubs throughout the country. Fairly well spread now. And the idea behind it is to give men a safe space to talk and get things off their chest, Speak speaking to other men. So it's all peer-to-peer support. No one's a professional. Nobody's a counsellor. Nobody is there taking notes or anything else. So it's just a group of blokes meeting at seven o'clock on a Monday evening, uh, having a chat uh, and getting things off their chest. It's proved to be really powerful. So average attendance across the country is about two and a half thousand blokes. So it, it, it's growing. It's growing huge. When you know Six years ago when it was set up, up in Halifax, there were I think eight, eight or nine guys in a village hall, just talking about about what's going on for them, uh, and it is immensely powerful. So I'm I'm very privileged to be a facilitator of of the New Cambridge Club. Um, so we we meet on a month, like I said, on a Monday night at Coleridge School in Cambridge, and we have guys who come in and just get things off their chest. Things that they don't they, they don't feel they can talk about with a the family. They don't want to talk about with counsellors, with professionals, with doctors. They might have tried that. They might not want to go down that route. But it's all about just a safe, non-judgmental space um, for guys to talk. So if anyone listening to this does want to look into it massively on Facebook, just, just search on Facebook or Google Andy's Man Club. I guarantee there'll be a club near you yeah, come and check it out, you know. And at the very least, you don't have to say anything uh, if you don't want to. It's absolutely no pressure. Just come and have a, have a cup of coffee and a biscuit. And you know what? The surprising thing to be is actually it's normally a real good fucking laugh as well. Yeah, it's it it can. P- it can be really deep. It can be really meaningful, powerful sessions, and then you can just have the most hilarious laugh to to break up that tension as well. It's fantastic. So yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's changed the lives of blokes across the country. Just just look us up, and if you don't feel that you you can you can walk through the door as yet. There's online support available. There's, there's virtual groups as well, so you can be a little bit more anonymous and dip your toe in and kind of find out what it's all about. But yeah, walking through that door can be daunting. But I don't know many blokes who have said that they, if any, who said they regret it.
0: Yeah, to hear about that, that's what counts. And and like you say, there's going to be a lot of people listening, and like ourselves, men, that might think that counselling therapy isn't for them. And and certainly I can relate to that. Um, So like you say, if it helps anyone out there listening that thinks, do you know what, I don't want any official person looking at me. And like you said, you know writing a load of details about me I just want to talk to fellow men about problems that I'm having that you know won't be judged in an old-fashioned way then I think that's absolutely fantastic and uh, thank you very much for sharing that with me today and and to have you here talking about these subjects has been fantastic so really like to commend you with um, your openness and willingness to talk about these subjects because they're they're not easy you know I've met many people in my time and I'm only 26 years old there's a lot more people out there who aren't so forthcoming with their emotions with their feeling with their past so really like to thank you for that and and thank you for your time to join me on this podcast
1: you're very welcome it's been a, a genuine privilege so thanks for having me on
0: the chat that I had with John there it was really good to have him on as the first guest and share his experiences of what he dealt with he certainly mentioned points for me being a male that can crop up in everyday life and it certainly does show how difficult it is to open up about it these are difficult subjects to talk about and definitely if you feel that it's something relatable and want to seek help i urge you do so you know there's no looking back and it only gets better from here the mention of andy's man club is also great the links to this fantastic place will be in the episode description as as well as links for dealing with PTSD. I'm sure for those who will use it, it will benefit you. As always, thank you for listening and I hope you found this interesting. Certainly get in touch and let us know your thoughts. Please get in touch if you're interested to share your opinions and possibly feature within an episode around the topics that we'll be discussing in the future. Thank you again for listening.